Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello, welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. Season one, success leaves clues, rolls on. I'm Matt, and with me as always is Courtney. I'm here. Are you sure you're here? Yep. And we have another interview lined up for you. Yes. Who have we got, Courtney? Nikki. 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 And this is a great interview. Well, yes. They're all great, but (laughs) this is a great one that has come up now because... Nikki is still in her, would you say, Matt, early stages of her transformation? Absolutely early stages. She's been working with us now for, she's now just literally started her third 12-week program. Yeah. So unlike a lot of the interviews that we've done up to this point, Mm. this one is with someone who has still got ways to go and is right in the middle of learning all of these hard lessons that we all get to get the joy of going through. Yeah, so Nikki has made great progress to this point. As you can see over at the show notes page, over at where, Courtney? Theweightlosspodcast.com. Yeah, so the progress she's made has been fantastic. So Nikki is a very busy mum. Yes. Who also runs her own business while also working in a job herself. So a lot of responsibilities she lives in an extremely remote part of Australia. Yes. So worth also mentioning that in the interview, there might be a couple of dropouts here and there. Just uh, just bear with us. 99% of the, of the chat's all there. But if you get a couple of dropouts... Word hey, missing here or there. That's technology. Sort of like a game. Fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just insert word here. <laughs> Hope for the best. But Nikki lives in a very remote part of Western Australia. Uh, as such, Nikki has no access to a gym. No. Oh my God, what do you do? Well, you get around it, mate. Yes. So Nikki has been training from home. With minimal equipment. She's got some equipment there, but honestly, you don't need a whole lot to have an effective program. No. So Nikki's been... Nikki's been doing an effective strength training program in conjunction with her intense cardio and less intense movements. And you know, when you've got experience like what we do, you, you can easily make do with what you got. Like it's for us, it's not hard. Like, you know, you do it for a living. But the important thing I think to really take away from our chat with Nikki is that you're, as Courtney said, you're hearing from someone who is fairly new in their journey and has has a background I'm sure you can relate to. I know we can in terms of trying trying different things. Yes. As as you do with with minimal or maybe short-term success, you might say before, you know, it tends to come back on. That's it. Yeah. So there's been some lessons learned, but you get the perspective of someone who's fairly early on who's taking her lumps. Yes. And is learning the hard lessons that you need to learn, learning learning about the struggle. You can even say learning about failure. In some instances. Yeah, absolutely. And how to move forward from that. Yes. But also how to juggle the busy life of, you know, a working mum with her own business, juggling all that while trying and working to get in the best shape of your life. Like it's it's not easy. No. No, absolutely not. And I think she's Nikki is someone who's also uh, very aware of her feelings, her emotional um shortcomings and strengths and she thinks she's also somebody who has been able to see how far she's come within this time frame but within reason but she's obviously that's just come with it with its own challenges that a lot of other people go through as well so i think it's a really like it's a perfectly timed interview because Mm. Up to this point, we have done uh, quite a few fantastic interviews, but fantastic interviews with a lot of people that are further down the line yeah. of their transformation. Yeah. So this is a um, one that I think a lot of people will take a lot of information from. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's also worth mentioning, 
when you do see the photos of Nikki's progress so far over at the show notes page, where again, Courtney, one more time, hit me. Uh, on the website, which is theweightlosspodcast.com. You were close then, weren't you? I was not. I was just giving it a dramatic pause. Okay, dramatic pause. Complete. <laughs> so when you see Nikki's progress photos over at the website, I just want to bring, out, bring one point to bear here. Her photos show a considerable improvement so far. On the scales, she's lost two kilos. Yes. About five, five pounds. Yes. Or two kilos, as we say over here. So if we were to go by the numbers, which we don't, this has been an abject failure. Well, it's been, yeah, it's been incredibly, incredibly slow progress for that amount of, of weight, shall we call it. The number. Yes. The, the number has barely moved, but the photos show a very, very different picture, literally. Yes. Which alone spells out a lot of um, emotional torture for a lot of people. It does, but from our perspective as trainers ourselves... The first thing that we think of is, well, if someone is changing that dramatically physically, but there's not much movement happening on the scales, that tells me there's some pretty significant body recomposition happening in terms of uh, muscle mass and fat mass being swapped around. And it's not uncommon for that to happen. It is so common to happen and it... It is something that I'm, I'm happy more and more people are becoming aware of this yep. and not putting as much weight on the weight. On the weight. <laughs> I've, I've seen it with a number of people in my career so far where the numbers have barely budged, mm. yet the photos and what you see, I call it the eyeball test, like they pass the eyeball test and the photos don't lie. And that's one of the first sort of instances I ever had was when someone was changing dramatically on their photos, but when we did the numbers, the numbers didn't support it. Mm. And it's like, and that's, that was like, why do we focus on the numbers so much? Mm. It's situationally convenient. So that's one thing that Nikki's had to sort of wrestle with, yeah. but that's also why we take progress photos, isn't it? Yes. It's also why we measure the progress of an individual in terms of how they apply themselves to the process, how their self-awareness improves, etc. And just for us, takes the focus away from the numbers. So a very, very worthwhile chat. And I think without further ado, Courtney, let's roll straight into it. Let's get into this. And we'll be right back. All right. I'm here as always joined by Courtney. Hello. Hello. Ready for another big one, you might say? We are ready, I hope. Are we? Let's just assume we are and wing it. And just see how much of a mess we make by the end of it. So it's sort of like every other podcast we do. Got it. Like every day of our life. <laughs> so we're joined by Nikki. Nikki, how are you going? Hi, good, thanks. How are you guys? I'm Excellent. fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Nikki, very busy, hardworking mother of three, who's also been uh, a client of ours now for just over six months. Now, we with with the whole theme of this season of the show being about success leaving clues, we, we have and will be interviewing people that are fairly well along the way in their in their journey, you might say. With with Nikki, in particular, Nikki, we want to bring you on because you bring a, a different perspective where, uh, well, Courtney and I, as well as other other podcasts and other people on social media, when they do interviews with, with people that have had you know, fantastic changes, they're usually well into their journey uh, and have made some pretty significant long-term progress we want to get you on not just from the perspective of a busy mum but also for the or from the perspective of someone who is closer to the start line than the finish line but has been making pretty clear progress which by the way you can see over at the show notes page on the weightlosspodcast.com uh courtney just want to bring you in here on this one i'm pretty sure you'd agree with me and you may not, mind you, uh, when I say that there's, I think there's really valuable perspective to be gained from someone coming from where Nikki's come from, where she's in the trenches, but it's fairly early on. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think Nikki's been doing it now for long enough where she's probably starting to realise a few different things about herself and about about her uh, progress, but mm. still 
early days enough to really give really good perspective for anybody else who might be starting out. Yeah, I've, I've found, and I've been guilty of this myself sometimes, when you get further away from the start line, you can sometimes forget or overlook what it was actually like. I think especially the little things. You know, I think you always only remember the big things, whether it be big goals you reached or or big uh, failures you think you've had. Whereas I think it's just those little things that you you learn along the way when you when you're in and you're doing it that um, that you tend to be at the front of your mind. Well said. So Nikki, I want to bring you in now because after all, this is you being interviewed, not us <laughs> being interviewed. So you're you're a busy working mum of three, um, and you've had a bit of a a bit of a, an experience yourself with, well, I suppose you'd say weight loss efforts over the years. Can you just give us a bit of a background in terms of how long have you really been sort of, you know, battling with weight or struggling to to make real progress? How how long has this journey been for you so far? Um, well, pretty much since I was a teenager, so I'm 38 at the moment. Um, so yeah, a good 20 years. So a long time. Um. Yep. Hadn't I tried everything? You know, I've done Weight Watchers and counting calories, and I've done Cohen's diets, and I've done all sorts of stuff. Um, yep. And then five years ago, I did um, Michelle Bridges, which is the twelve-week block of nutrition and fitness. Um, yeah, very popular in Australia. Very popular. Yeah, and. And to say it worked, at the time it did, in the six months I lost 20 kilos and um, I didn't really – I followed the nutrition side more than the exercise because I took up running, um, ended up running a half marathon that year. Um, and so I lost the weight but I didn't change any of my habits. I just changed my food and it wasn't really sustainable change. Um, so all my old habits and, and food and things started creeping back in. Um, and I've slowly put it all back on again. In what way wasn't it sustainable in your mind? Oh, I was going to ask that question. Good question. <laughs> um, the food wasn't stuff that I would normally eat. So I would have to buy, and it wasn't stuff my family would eat. So I would have to buy all my food separate. And I live in the middle of nowhere. So a lot of what I had to buy, I couldn't get here. So I'd have to drive two and a half hours to Perth to get. And that's not sustainable they only release and and you only get your menu things weekly so that doesn't work you know it just yeah it didn't work for me it sounds it almost sounds like maybe like a diet uh yes it was <laughs> i suppose in terms of having to go outside uh the boundaries of what the family does together where and i've courtney i know that you would have seen these examples before yourself as well where it seems like one member of the family has to do A while everyone else is doing B. Yeah. And to me, that's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's It goes towards being unsustainable. So when we talk about certain meal plans or diets being unsustainable, it's not just the fact that you have to limit yourself so much that you're going to get a day where you just can't take it anymore and binge eat or you have to eat foods that you're not comfortable eating or, you know, um, these sort of things. It's also got to do with lifestyle. So if – if it's forcing you then to live a lifestyle that isn't conducive, then it's not going to be sustainable. Did uh, From your experience when you were do doing that yourself, Nikki, did you find any sort of resentment towards the process in terms of what you were sort of being asked or required to do? Like how did it make you feel? Um, yeah, because no matter how much they – mine was more with the nutrition because no matter how much I kept saying it was family-friendly, it really wasn't like – my kids don't eat that sort of food and my husband doesn't eat that sort of food. And, um, yeah, and it wasn't – like it was just generalised. It's a generalised meal plan and as much as you can interchange the recipes, in the end I was just using it like a recipe book. Um, mm. And I felt like a bit like you sort of said before where people only do the big success stories at the end. There wasn't a lot of um, help or acknowledgement when you're going through the process, does that make mm. sense? Like it was all about yeah. the people who'd done these wonderful weight loss things, but not so much people on their journey. That to me, you told me if I'm if I'm sort of interpreting this correctly, I wouldn't mind your opinion here too, Courtney. That to me sounds like that there's no or lack of support 
followed by a lack of acknowledgement unless you've actually stuck to the plan and got a great result, then you put on the pedestal. Yeah. Am I correct with that? Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was. Well, that's how I felt with it anyway. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's, to me, to me, that's kind of putting people at a disadvantage straight away just because it's almost like saying, here's the plan, go do it by yourself. And that's not what people are looking for in the first place. No, that's right. That's that's exactly what it was. So you did two two back to back twelve week programs um, and had a great result. But it sounds like because it was, I mean, and I suppose when you look at it as well, when when things are done in these short term periods of time, like that's kind of setting yourself up for a, a battle to begin with anyway. Just because it's not hasn't it's not thinking long term. Yeah, that's but then right. With yourself, you can't have to. After you. Uh, I was just going to say, you, you have to, it's not something you could sustain without signing up again. Yeah, okay. And then I think as well, and Courtney, give me give me your take on this as well. The moment, you, the moment people in our position say to someone where it's obvious they need a decent chunk of time to, you know, get permanent change, oh, well, I just want you to commit for, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, they're kind of fucked from the outset. Because that sets the expectations in terms of short term, and the 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 mindset then is pulled away from playing the long game. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, the expectation then is rightly or wrongly that oh, this is then how long it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you're talking about something like weight loss, you know, we're not always going to be thinking rationally. Like it's a really emotional topic and it's a really emotional thing to go through so you could easily say people easily say oh well, I don't know how you've interpreted it that way because it's not designed to be like that and it's like yeah but even if it slightly suggests it people are going to interpret it that way because it's an emotional thing like people aren't always thinking rationally and it's in a way it is designed on purpose to be very close to that. So they're not, they're covering themselves by not saying you'll definitely do this in eight weeks, but they are on purpose implying it because they're um, wanting to feed off that emotional state that you're in. There's there's a lot to be said about setting expectations with people up front. Now, a question for yourself, Nikki, probably a, a, a double question here actually. When you, when you came through the two back-to-back 12-week programs, like you lost – you lost 20 kilos. I would how to make you feel? Like how were you feeling at that particular time? Oh, I was feeling awesome. Yeah, okay. I thought I was great because um I could fit into clothes that I couldn't fit into before and stuff like that. Which is a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, that that side of it I felt great. But A, because I had only been doing running, mm. I had no strength or anything. Like I hadn't built any muscle. Yep. And I was, um, you know, had a bit of loose skin and stuff like that. So, yeah, in clothes, I felt okay. Ah, so uh, that to me sounds like <laughs> what you were like a smaller version of yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's there's different ways to skin the cat, as we say. There's multiple ways to lose weight. Uh, some will some will give different outcomes, as, as you've learned. But still, it, were there any sort of concerns afterwards in terms of, okay, can I improve it? Were you thinking to yourself – can I improve upon this or will I improve upon this? I'm always the mindset going out of this. When I stopped doing it, it was because I realized, like I said, I was only using it as a recipe book and it was a waste of money doing it that way. And I thought I could do it on my own. Yep. Um, I thought I'd printed off some of the recipes. I thought, nope, I know how to eat healthy now. I'll be right. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I wasn't. So what do you think? Um, well, you mentioned before, I suppose I don't need to ask, what do you think was the reason that, that it started to sort of come back on after that where it's, you know, what you did was unsustainable. But is there anything to be said here about habits? Oh, hugely. Um, like I said, it, it was a very, it's a very general program. So my specific habits weren't looked at at all. Um, and I didn't really change my habits. I just changed my diet. Hence why they, mm-hmm. it all just came back. Because it was it was literally using willpower to get me through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that no, willpower only goes so far. Uh, doesn't matter how how good you think you are, your willpower is highly limited, as both <laughs> Courtney and I can attest to. Absolutely. So, especially when uh, we talk about habits, Courtney, like this, 
I mean, how often have we heard about, you know, people or someone gets a fantastic short-term result, which does, I think, still deserve recognition because it is a step forward. Mm. But there's a, a massive difference between getting a result and keeping a result or knowing how to improve a result. Yes. And that's where we always talk about, and I wouldn't mind getting, getting your two cents worth here too, Courtney, about, you know, habits will beat intentions. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I, I think that that's like a whole massive discussion in itself, but it's so important just to like as a, just a phrase to keep reminding yourself because it's really easy to forget um, mm. that, you know, we always get into this habit. Well, it's sort of like the difference between need and want. Yeah. You know, like it's the same sort of thing, you know, with, with intentions, we sort of, you can relate that back to needing something. We always say like, oh, I need to lose weight. It's, you know, it's more of an intention, whereas a want will then form habits. Especially if the want's powerful enough. So yeah. Nikki, Nikki, with yourself, you you put the weight back on uh, afterwards. Uh, this, is a, this is a dumb question. I need to ask it. How were you feeling at the time? When the weight started coming back on? Yes. Oh, I felt like crap. And it was it was very gradual to start with, and then all of a sudden I was, you know, like every every season rolls around, and all of a sudden those pants don't fit anymore. I'll pull the old ones out of the cupboard that I kept, um, and yeah, it just it felt like crap, and I felt like a failure, honestly. Really? Because I when I did um, when I did it the first time around, I started a blog, I had a Facebook and Instagram, so people could follow me, um, and I slowly stopped posting and slowly stopped posting, and then. You would roll around and be like, yep, this is the year. This is what's going to happen. And then six months later, yep, I'm going to start again. And it just, yeah, it didn't happen. Mm, yeah, I, 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 you tell me what you think, Nikki. Uh, to me, in times like that, it can almost feel like you, you've lost control. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I kept, I really put it down to exercise. I kept blaming it on mm -hmm. not exercising. And I didn't take any responsibility for what I was eating. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point, uh, Courtney. Get in here with me on this one. <laughs> How powerful is it for someone to take responsibility? Yeah, it's massive. I mean, I've I've said it before, and you know, you keep saying it. Like I've lived through it as well, so I'm not just saying it. Like I'm, you know, I've lived it, and you really can't move forward if you don't accept the mistakes that you've made and owning your own shit. Well, I mean, if you don't accept that you've made a mistake, I mean, you, you're never going to move forward because you're constantly going to be looking for something else to blame or shift into this whole, oh, it's not that bad mentality. And then the next day, oh, no, it is really that bad. And then, you know, so you flip flop back and forth. So, yeah, it really just makes the whole process stretch out longer. Yeah. So uh, that's hard. So with yourself, Nikki, what would you say was the, the lowest point? Like what was rock bottom for you? Um, so my rock bottom was earlier this year, um, it's probably about May or June, mm. I can't remember, I was chatting to, because I'm a PT now, and I was chatting to a client, um, and she suggested that I get weight loss surgery, and I just kind of went, oh, okay, because it's quite, uh, a lot of people around really have had it done, and I just, it's just something I've never ever contemplated, it's not something I've ever wanted to do or seen myself doing, and I just, I know I don't mm. need to do it to lose the weight. So I, it just, honestly, it was like a dagger to my heart. Mm. And then um, listening to one of your old podcasts mm. and Matt went on a bit of a rant um, about how overweight, about overweight people telling people how to lose weight. And um, that was another dagger to my heart because that just voiced all my insecurities as being an overweight PT. He said exactly what I think mm. everyone is saying. And I was like, yeah, that, and, and what I say in my own head too because, I, you know, obviously I've thought that. Um, so, yeah, it was just that realisation that I re if I want to be successful as a PT and if I want to lose the weight for good, which I do, I really needed to pull my finger out and be honest and um, so that's, do something about it. I, I can't think of any like anything worse being told as a, as a trainer. Like that's – I can just, I just think of how I'd react to that. I think same yeah. with you, Courtney. Yeah. Like dagger, dagger is the perfect, the perfect metaphor for it. Um, worth asking, were there tears with this? Um, yep. No, not not then. There wasn't. Um, there nearly was when I listened to your rant. I actually, I was in the wow. car and I nearly had to pull over. Um, 
But when I reached out to you and um, we were messaging back and forth, like I yeah. filled out your questionnaire and then yeah. we were messaging back and forth, um, there were that day because I was probably I was more honest with you. Maybe it's because I don't know you, so mm. it was easier. Um, I was more honest with you and probably with myself, like by putting it out there, than I have been with anyone, you know, and I really, I don't know if you remember those messages, I but do. I really sort of laid it all out on the line and mm. was, yeah, like I said, the most honest I've ever been. You didn't hold back. You didn't hold back at all. Uh, and I think what you're saying there is really a really good message there in terms of like you sort of gave life to everything you've mm. been struggling with because you spoke about it to someone else. Yeah. And it did, it, as hard as it was, it did feel like a bit of weight had been lifted off my shoulders too because I, like, I was acknowledging it. I was... Mm putting it out there it was yeah that's a really good good way to say it too because once it is out there i mean it is on one hand terrifying mm. on the other hand you can then move forward and deal with it yeah so after after this like what what can you just give us a picture from from your life and your perspective what have you been doing since this since then like how how have things changed for you so you mentioned you mentioned you used to be uh, a bit of a marathon. pro runner, you might say, in terms of uh, that was your your. Oh, you did a marathon? Did you, you half marathon? You said, yeah. Excuse me, that's still over twenty k's, so that's still excellent. I know. That's a that's <laughs> a five marathon for me. <laughs> that's hell for me. That's impressive. So, uh... so you were you were running was your exercise of choice, and by yeah. the way, and by the way, running is a fantastic form of exercise, I must say. Uh, but how how does your how does your training routine, for example, now look like oh, versus back then? It is completely different. In what um, way? Give us a contrast. So back then, I was so I in the last couple of years, my training's been very sporadic. Like I, um, I say I don't have time, but that's not true. I was probably just lazy. Mm. But I and I choose to do stuff I wanted to do that I was good at, like running. Yeah. Or sprints. I love sprints. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it was very hit and miss. Whereas now I do my two strengths day, the upper body and a lower body. Yep. And then I, at the moment, I'm doing two, um, lots of cardio. Yep. And then three days a week of walking. That's not um, much. And I, and it? I get it done. No, mm. it's so, and because like the half hour of cardio, that's, easy to fit in um mm. and the strength now takes me about 45 minutes perfect um but i because i live on a farm in the middle of nowhere so i um do all my strengths at home i only have a the only thing i really use at the moment is a trx and a couple of hand weights i'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up because there, i mean there's there's a, there's a couple of really uh good things you've touched on there and courtney i want you in on this as well you look at you look at the, the weight loss, health and fitness industries, et cetera, where we're kind of conditioned to think, firstly, um, more is better. So more, 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 more. And then you combine, so you've got you've got the fact, Nikki, that you're not doing as much as what you might think or yeah. what you might think you should. And then you're also not going to a gym. Yep. And you're not doing traditional barbell, dumbbell movements, but you're still getting stronger and you're still changing. So kind of, I'll put it this way, from, from from where you've come from and, and your beliefs and your knowledge in the past, what you're doing now, how does that how does that sit with what you used to think about exercise? Oh, it's completely different. I used to think it had to be an hour at least. Um, unless I was doing sprints, then I would only do sort of twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's totally changed what I thought. And because you know, even just the breaking up arm and leg day and breaking up strength and cardio. I would do strength and cardio together and I would try and do all muscle groups mm. together yeah. and get like a full body workout or everything all packed into one hour, you know, five or six times a week. And just, Yeah, you can't that's do a, that. That's a lot of exercise. That's a, that's a slog. Yeah. And that's why I never that's maintained it because, you know, who has time for that? Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, it's, it's especially when you're adding for you, like you've got responsibilities being being a parent. Yeah. Uh, and and you work. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like you're you're like a full time athlete who just sits at home between training sessions and eats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's no wonder you couldn't keep that up because that's a lot of exercise. 
Well, and it would um, it would put me mm. off doing it too because I would dread it because I would think, oh, you know, I've got to do this and this and this and this and it's going to take this long. And... I don't have a spare two hours to spend. Exactly. That's, that's a good point as well because when you, when you start to dread the exercise, I think it also impacts the intensity and the quality of, uh, of your training sessions because yeah. you're telling yourself how shit it is yeah. so your performance kind of backs it up. Totally. Yeah. And I had no mm. one to be accountable to either. Yeah. So there was no one saying, have you done a workout this week or what have you done this week or, you know, there was zero accountability. It's um, it's, it's a hard ask doing it by yourself. Like I think, mm. I think we can all agree on that. So can you just give us a bit of a picture now in terms of like, as I said at the start of the of the interview, your photos are visible at the show notes page at theweightlosspodcast.com and the photos are pretty good to, to put it mildly. Like I'm, I'm sort of understating that tremendously there. But the thing is we know... Uh, and it's well, we know it's not like a common knowledge here, but all the exercise in the world, all well and good, but it's kind of you know either enhanced or or sabotaged by what happens away from your training sessions. Can you give us a bit of a bit of a contrast in terms of what are your habits like now versus say twelve months ago? Oh my god! Um, well, my habits, my biggest habit that's probably t- well actually I've probably got two big habits that have changed the first one is I used to come probably three o'clock on a Friday I'd be like woohoo weekend let's eat and drink as much as we can and well not so much as much as we can but whatever we like um now my I did a workout at 6 30 Friday night um I I've changed like I I plan what I'm going to be eating on the weekend if we're going out I plan it I um I maintain what I do during the week on the weekend. Well said. As much as I possibly can. Um, And the other big thing has changed is my drinking. I did three months before Christmas where I didn't drink at all. And then I had a little bit too much to drink on New Year's. Um, And I've had a little bit since then, but not... um, yeah, not nowhere near what I would have. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was a I was a massive drinker uh, in my heyday, you might say. How how did you how have you found it so far? Um, changing that habit. Um, easier than I thought. I'm not a big drinker at home during the week. I'm a very much a social drinker. I love my champagne. Um, the thing that's probably the hardest is trying to justify it to other people. In terms of? In terms of yeah, not drinking, yeah. Because I was such a drinker, such a social drinker, and I encourage others to social drink. So um, now people are like, aren't you having a drink? Why aren't you having a drink? And I feel like I have to explain it all the time. Mm. Um, people are starting to get it and don't even question it anymore. But um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, because I have goals I want to reach, and and they were stopping me. So yeah, it's it's it was hard. It's definitely getting easier. And I easier. think as well, um, what's what's helped there? I think we, all three of us can can sort of see eye to eye on this. Is that you had a reason to make that change, and it's that's yeah, that's a tough one because there is Absolutely. in with social drinking circles, like it's just nothing but enabling. It's enabling back and forth. Here, mate, have more, have more, have more. Yeah. And Courtney, yeah. like how many times have, have we, you know, known people, including ourselves, where you might be, you know, on the ball Monday to Thursday, but then you completely undo it from Friday to Sunday. Yeah. And I and I think it's a really there's two really good points there, which is that and also the the having to explain yourself part of it as well, feeling like you have to explain yourself all the time and that probably gives you a little bit of anxiety, Nikki, going into those situations as well. Um, and I think that that's just not – that's really common and it's a yeah, really it good does. point to bring up for people that that happens with food as well. So I know it happened to me. I was never a big drinker or a social drinker. Um, so that was never an issue for me, but it's definitely been like if I go out somewhere and there's not food that I want to eat, I will limit my intake of food there. And, you know, people will make comment like, oh, why aren't you eating? Don't you want one of these? You know, and it's those sort of um, even to the point where I used to get it as well with the good food I would eat and people would say, why are you eating that? Why do you eat all the time? Didn't you just eat? Why are you eating again? 
So it's like those constant questions that you get and it can be really um, um, cause a bit of anxiety for people. Yeah, I, I can I can second that as well where I had the questions like, you know, you, you're not drinking, you're not eating the hamburger, you're not eating the chips, not eating the ice cream, or you're having you're having vegetables for breakfast, you're having a salad for breakfast. And I think I, I, I wouldn't mind getting uh, the opinion of you two ladies on this. I think a lot of that stems from the fact that you're you're challenging what people perceive to be normal. And often when you get the questions coming at you, I, I've always felt like you you're inadvertently showing people the mirror. And often they don't like what they see. Yeah, I think so. How did you find it, Nikki? Um, yeah, I think so. And people, like I, when we go out socially now, quite often it's to something where people bring mm. food to share. And so I will just bring my own food because I know if I go, because what we do is like, like there's like a buffet of salads. Everyone brings a salad and you share. But they don't all just bring garden salads. Yeah. There's potato salad and all sorts of things. So I will just bring my own little container for me. Um, and people are like, oh, you're not eating. I said, no, because I know I won't be able to just have what I should be having. I want to have a little bit of everything. Um, so that's sort of the feedback I get. I do get people, oh, yes, you're kind of good. Actually. Like, well, and I think that that yeah. takes a while to build up that I confidence <laughs> to say, yeah, I am. And it did for me. I used to get the um, the questions as well. And they weren't necessarily, I know what you're saying, Matt, in terms of for some people it's pulling up a mirror and they can get kind of narky about the whole situation. For me, I didn't really feel that side of things. Mine was sort of more on the curious side of things. So the people that would ask me questions were more curious because I was challenging the norm. I had habits and I did things a certain way for so long and suddenly you change them and people are curious as to why are you doing that? What are you doing? This is different. I don't like this. You know, not people don't like change. Um, and so I, then my new habits became the norm. So people got used to the fact, you know, my workplace got used to the fact that I would bring multiple dishes, um, containers of food to have while I was there for a, you know, a nine hour shift sort of thing. And, and they would find it weird if I didn't walk in with a cooler bag full of food. Um, if I didn't take an, a, a five minute break to eat, they would find that strange and they would question that or I'd get to the stage where I would go out and I would order a hamburger and have ice cream for dessert. And people would say, you're allowed to have that. And and it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how it does go through stages. And it did take me aback when I first started. Yeah. But um, just like you're saying, Nikki, that you're already finding that it's getting easier for you and maybe are less and less people starting to ask those questions now. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And people just kind of accept that that's what I do now. Yeah, and that happened to me too. It definitely went through a stage where less and less people would ask the questions, more and more people realised that this was a new habit, wasn't going away, this was the new normal. And then you'll get, um, trust me, eventually, Nikki, you'll get the questions when you do have a drink, people will be like, oh, are you allowed to have that? <laughs> Can you have that yeah. on your diet? <laughs> it changes. Are you allowed to have that? Are you yeah. sure you should be having a drink? Yeah. And so it's funny how it does change um, throughout. Yeah, you don't. It, it's, I think it's hard at the start as well because a lot of people are naturally, you know, people pleasers and don't want to disappoint other people. Yes. And that's where, like, I know I, I was the same when I was younger and a lot of people I've worked with are like this where you just – you feel like you're letting people down by saying, for example, no, I'm not going to have the food you brought. I'm going to have the food I brought. Yeah. And it, it can be confrontational, especially at the start. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is confrontational. And it's and you're right, Matt, it is a people pleaser thing. You know, you want to... You don't want to necessarily say that you, you're you not having somebody else's food and you don't want to be rude and that sort of stuff. But at the same time... Um, on the other hand, you think to yourself, why do I have to justify what I'm yeah. eating? Like, leave me alone. The thing is, I think that's the first sort of hill you've got to walk over in those situations where you've got to get past the, actually, I'm going to say no here and, and do what I want for me. Yeah. And that that first time, that first time you rip that Band-Aid off, like, it's hard. Mm. Yeah. It's really hard. Especially when you're, if you've got the background where you're used to saying yes and you're used to, you know, I suppose you'd say trying to fit in, the moment you, you've got a reason to not fit in, you've then got to sort of climb that mountain and actually say to someone or say to a group of people, you know, and it can be people you're very close to, like, actually, no, yeah. I'm not going to. And then you know, and you know deep down, you're going to get the question, well, why is that? Yeah. <laughs> 
but I I know, and I'm like, it sounds like Nikki that you're going through what um, Courtney and I had to go through as well, where you do it enough time, it starts to get easier. Yeah, it definitely gets mm. easier. And I actually, I'm quite happy now to take my own food and have people ask me what I'm eating and why I'm eating it. And um, yeah, I, I think, and people are starting to expect it too. So that helps. And now they'll just go, oh, what are you eating today? Oh, what's that? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Now, isn't that a good point? You've now conditioned people to what your new normal is yeah. becoming. I do think there are people who are still um, waiting to see me fail again. Like I feel like oh, yeah. when they it see me, yeah, when they see me eat my salad and stuff and they'll be like, oh, yeah, keep trying, <laughs> you know. We'll see how long this lasts. Um, haters haters going to hate, but I'll give you I'll give you some, some – uh, with my own experience on that one – these are the same people that 12 months from now will ask you, oh, how did you do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, hopefully. Yeah, it's, oh, you'll, you'll see. As there's, a, there's a phrase that I've been taught that uh, the winds get stronger the higher you get up the mountain, and yeah, it's so right. true. So it's, you, you get, you're going to get this, and that's okay, but the, uh, the people that are waiting for you to fail, like when they see you succeed, you're going to start getting questions. Yeah. You'll start getting questions, and that's, and that's when it becomes very, very satisfying. Yeah. Because I've had to go through that myself, and uh, I think you'll 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 get this yourself, Nikki. Where it can be very nice to throw it back in people's faces. Yeah, well, that'll be yeah. nice. Success, <laughs> success, success is the best way to shove it in people's faces. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, so, in terms of, like, so you've you've as I said before, Nikki, you're getting some pretty good results now. Like the photos don't lie, as I always like to say. How are you feeling about? The, you know the progress you've been making like what's your what's your sort of optimism like for the future now uh yeah it's it's exciting to see the changes um I love that we do photos because um it definitely gives you the perspective when you feel like you're not making changes um I know we've had conversations where I've gone oh mm. nothing's changing and you will take some photos and then you can see um so I'm excited I'm excited with the way my body's changing of course it's not changing as fast as I want it to and it's not changing necessarily in the places I'd like it to first but um that kind of normal, normal mm-hmm. you know um but yeah no I am excited and I'm excited to see what it's gonna look like in six months 12 months as it progresses so yeah I am I'm excited it's it's exciting to see changes and people are starting to notice the changes which is good too yeah, oh, that's even more exciting. Acknowledgement goes a long way. Like we're we're human beings. We all we all like yeah. some acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's good. I'm like I said, I'm excited to see. I I really want to know what I'm gonna look like in twelve months, six months, twelve months time. You know, like I just wanna know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very patient. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not very patient. What's that? Not very <laughs> patient. Not, oh, not very okay. patient. No, that's yep. That, that you're a human welcome being. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. That's a very, a very well populated yeah. club. That one, um, but you can see you can see your shape changing very very clearly in the photos. And I think it's worth also mentioning, like Nikki, you and I have had discussions about this privately. But the photos don't. But the the photo the, the, with you, the photos and the scales contradict each other right now, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Tell us how much weight you've lost. Uh, as of right now, about one kilo. <laughs> that makes me so happy. It's hilarious. So if you, if we were, if we were going by the, the unit of measurement as being how much, how much weight have you lost on the scales? Like you failed. Yeah. I, um, it's, um, but the photos are tremendous. Yeah. I met someone on holidays and I was, we were discussing, um, weight loss and, and different things and. Um, I said that I was doing this and they were like, oh, how much weight have you lost? And I was like, oh, actually none. So, but then I pulled my photos up and I was like, but this is what I looked like six months ago. And they're like, oh, and you haven't lost any weight? I'm like, no, I haven't. So, yeah, it's, um, I, love, I love doing that to people. Yeah. It's a, it blows people's minds. It, 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 like, I used to think the same thing where it's all about the weight until, until you're shown someone like you saw for it's like, well, this woman's only lost one kilo, but the photos look like 15, 20. Yeah. Yeah, and my which which says that which, my shape that? has changed more now than it did. I lost twenty kilos. Oh yeah, like I'm not I'm not as my Could shape that, has sorry? changed more now than it did when I lost the twenty kilos. So your shape's mm, changed more yeah. losing one kilo I than losing twenty. I'm not as small <laughs> as I was when I lost the twenty, but my shape has changed more. 
you, you can see you can see in the photos you're starting you're starting to look more and more athletic. Yeah, I'm getting a waist, which is a bit exciting. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So you're you're headed towards a dreaded four O, but everything's yes. looking up. Don't mention that. I got a while to go. Well, <laughs> you're not you're not there no. yet, but you're closer to four O than three O. Yeah. But the thing is, the point I'm getting at here is a lot of people, you know, they're getting to their late 30s and it's they're almost entering the I'm too old category. Yeah. Mm. Where you're going to, like, for example, you're going to celebrate what for a lot of people, and I was one of them, is a terrifying number for a birthday. You're going to celebrate it in the best shape of your life. Yeah. Well, that's the plan. And that's part of my motivating factor is that I want to look hot when I turn 40. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's something that's worth bringing up. And I wouldn't mind, Courtney, getting you on, on this one as well, is that what doesn't get spoken a lot about with people that make fantastic progress is the progress they make between the years in terms of self-awareness. So mm. self-awareness of what was what used to be holding them back, um, you know, that, that accepting of responsibility, like we mentioned before, but also like with Nikki's a great example of someone who's now starting to think down the track. Mm. So, you know, well, we said it a million times and there's a million more coming, like the industry fucking sucks when it tries to sell you you know short-term fixes when no one tends to speak about the way your mind changes through this and the way your your perspective changes through this so now you've got nikki like wants, wants to look hot for a 40th where most people are dreading it because they know middle a spreads coming yeah absolutely so i think I, I wouldn't mind nikki just getting getting your your thoughts and your feelings on on how you've changed between the years so far uh, oh. oh it's hard to put into perspective, really, um, I, in some ways, I don't think about it as much. It's just part of my daily life now. Um, but then in other ways, I think about it more in that, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Um, do, we, do your best. I, I think now I know I can do it. And I feel like the way I'm doing it now Ooh. is the right way. And it's sustainable, and there's nothing I'm doing that I don't enjoy or I don't like. Like I love all the food I'm eating. I love most of the time. I love the workouts. Um, I, you know, like, and I just, <laughs> I just do them. Like I don't, they don't get put off and put off and put off and put off. And I rarely you don't dread them. No, and I rarely miss one. Um, yeah, I just I feel like my whole perspective's changed on mm. everything. Your consistency is outstanding, and I think I wouldn't mind. Like you told me, like I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but to me, from what you're saying, it just sounds like it's becoming normal for you what you're doing. Yeah, and it it's is. sustainable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see myself doing this forever. And it's when I first started, I was um, daunted by it, but now mm. it's um, it's definitely getting much easier, and I. Definitely don't have to think about it as much. I'm very much a creature of habit, so I eat a lot of the same foods over and over because if I like it, I just keep eating it. Um, same. So I now I know what to eat, when, and and how much, and that sort of thing. It's definitely much easier, and it makes it easier to make the right choices too. Because I really have that thing in my head of I don't want to stuff up all that hard work by having whatever meal or drinking whatever like I might know hang on a minute I've worked too hard to just be like oh fuck it I'll just have whatever um and there's always that like I've said to Matt my goal is to look like a PT and so I have do have that in the back of my head and I know Matt's reminded me of it a few times that no you don't need that drink or you don't need that takeaway or the chips off the kids plate or whatever it is you know, you want to look like a PT, you can't do that shit. So, yeah. And ultimately, that's that's the carrot that you're chasing and the carrot is strong enough for you to move forward. Um, and to me, like, or you told me if I'm correct on this, it, it sounds like as well something that's really played into your success so far, especially with you saying now you know you can do it, which is like that is so far beyond where most people like us, where we start from, we don't think we can do it and we're terrified that we can't yeah. and we're always thinking, what if we fail? And you've now flipped that, but you, but it was still daunting at the start. But I, I think what's probably helped, and you told me if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but the way it's been structured for you, like you haven't tried to do everything at once. Yeah. 
yeah, it was. And it was frustrating at the start because I wanted to do everything at once and I wanted to know everything about everything. I wasn't very good at being a beginner. Mm. Um, but mm. so, yeah, doing it bit by bit and slowly, like my first thing was to exercise and do that regularly. And then we moved on to nutrition. And it just, yeah, if we'd done it all at once, I wouldn't have got my head around any of it. Whereas, yeah, I think the way you do it where it's bit by bit is good. And and because I have had pretty good success so far, that keeps me wanting more and wanting more success and being excited to see what's next and what's coming up next and, and what I'm going to look like in my next lot of photos and yeah. You're hungry for it, don't you? Yep. Not so hungry for you to change my program. So another question for you. Not What's so that? hungry when you change my program and make me do things I <laughs> don't particularly like. <laughs> well, so, sorry, not sorry. Uh, a, a, a question a question outside the box, but I've, I've got to ask this because you're, because you're a parent, how have things changed now uh, in the household versus when you were, like, say, 12 months uh, ago? Yeah. <laughs> I have three little mirrors in my house and they sure tell me when I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing or if I'm, you know, um, the kids know now um, when I'm doing a workout they don't disturb me because they know. <laughs> um, but they watch what I eat yeah. and if I go to have something that they, they kind of know what I'm supposed to eat and when I'm supposed to eat it and if I'm eating something that's hot, is that on your plan? Are you allowed to eat that? Or if I'm eating something, they go, oh, yeah, that's right, you did a workout, you can eat that. Um, oh, they're so funny. They just huh. and they're like, "Is it food?" Diet? Three little personal trainers. Oh, yeah, little dictators. But yeah, they <laughs> and they, you know, they're That's like, funny. "Is it food diary week?" And yeah, they're just and they get out there when I've finished my workout and I'm just sitting there trying to recover. They have a little play around with the TRX, or when I'm doing a workout, they'll come out and jump on the trampoline for a bit while I'm doing it. And um, yeah, it's just. I'm excited for the fact that, especially with my youngest, she's seven, so she won't remember much from before. Like this will be what she will remember growing up. Um, the older two are a bit older, but I'm excited for them to, especially my daughters, for them to see me do something and it work and stick at it and um, know that a healthy lifestyle isn't starving yourself and, you know, all that body image stuff. I'm excited to show them that. It's um, if you work hard, you get the rewards and, yeah, and you can do it in a healthy way. Mm. That's absolute gold, especially given that, like, when you and I first started to get to know each other, like, one of the things you said to me was that you wanted to be a role model for your kids. Yeah, yep. And, and I do. It, and it, I, it looks like that's that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, it is. And, it, and, yeah, I just love it. I love it when they, you know, have a go at me or pull me into line or, you know. It means they're learning, doesn't it? Really? I mean, that's it. It does, and that's exciting. It's exciting for the future, given given I suppose the like I'm not a parent, but I think to myself, like if I were to have kids, I wouldn't want them to go through what I've gone through. I suppose it's the same thing with yourself. You wouldn't you wouldn't want them growing up and having to go through the hurdles or go over the hurdles you've had to go over. Well, that's right. And last time when I tried, I um I know I've told you this before, but when I tried before I was doing it for my kids because I didn't want them to have a fat mum that was kind of my thing because my son drew a picture of a girl with a triangle dress and all these wobbly bits around it and that was my fat he told me um and I didn't want I didn't want them to be embarrassed by having a fat mum that was sort of my motivation before but I've sort of turned that around this time and it's not about them having a fat mum it's about showing them how to have a healthy lifestyle, basically. Yeah, I love that because yes. you've you, you've taken you've taken the outcome but framed it in a more positive way. Yeah, yeah, and it's I've only just sort of in the last month or two been thinking about it and why it's working this time and not last time. When last time I was, you know, it's for my kids, and you think if you're doing it for your kids should be strong enough motivation. But it was like you say, it was just a different perspective. Mm. I love that. What do you think, Courtney? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Nikki, I just want to. Move, move on and get from you if we can. Can you give us your top five transformation tips from what you've learned so far from someone starting oh. in your position? What do you what, give us your gold nuggets? Yeah. All right. The first one would be preparation. Um, so not meal prep, but actually planning when you're going to eat and what you're going to eat, um, especially on weekends when you know the routine is not there. Mm. So just being organised with 
with that sort of thing is probably my number one thing that's helped me. What do you think is the best way to be organised with that? How, what works for you? Um, I I do a like a weekly planner for our family of everyone's activities and stuff and then I do my own of what I'm going to eat and I always make sure come Thursday, Friday, look at what we're doing for the weekend, make sure I've got what I need prepared to take with me or enough to make make things over the weekend. Um, and it's it's more like I sort of take a moment to mentally prepare myself and be like, right, just because it's the weekend, we're not going to throw everything out. We're just going to still eat normal, still eat what we normally eat. If we're going out, I just plan it. I love that. Nice. That's really good. Really good. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my second... My second tip would be that you can't do it alone. You have to get help. Um, like I know you guys say all the time, if you could do it on your own, everyone would do it. Mm. But it it really is true. Like you just and you you need to find the help that works for you too. You know, like mm. one thing will work for someone, but it doesn't work for everybody. Mm. Um, so you need to find your thing and and yeah, you really need to. Is and there's no harm in reaching out. Like I know I struggled to reach out, but once you do, it's like I said, it's like a weight's lifted, and it just yeah. It's a great well point. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is once you do reach out for help is to be honest. There is no point in asking for help if you're not going to be completely honest about your, your situation, be what you eat, what exercise you're doing, because it will all catch up to you in the end. So you have to really, if, you ha- if you're telling someone, if you're doing a food diary for someone and you have KFC, then you have to put it on there because there's no point in saying, oh, yeah, no, I had chicken and salad for a week. And then you turn around in a few weeks and go, oh, nothing's changing, nothing's working. Um, so, yeah, that's my other tip is to be honest. I can't love that enough. With yourself and be honest with who you're working yeah, with. Yeah, I can't, I can't love that enough. And I've, I've got to just, just put in quick two little two cents worth there that I think one of the main reasons that it's been so – uh, so successful for you so far is exactly that because like you you have like you've told you've said everything like you've owned everything for, for, for better or for worse but it's but it's allowed you to, to progress that way yeah mm. you know so it's a, it's a massive credit to yourself that you've been willing to own your own shit which is easier said than done i'm not going to say it's an easy thing to do um but it's an absolute credit to yourself because like you said, when you got the full picture, you can actually make educated decisions on what do we work on next. Yeah. And part of that is reaching out for help when you're struggling, which I know I've done a few times, more than a few times. Yes. Um, But, yeah, there's no point in struggling alone. That's why you have someone to help you. So you reach out to them and and work through it together because I know some of the times I've reached out to you, Matt, I've been like almost ready to give up. And you're like, no, hang on, we're just it's just a habit and we just work on this or we do this or what can we change or, you know, and it, yeah. So you have That's to be well honest. said because it's it, it very obviously very emotional for you because it's, it, you're working on yourself and it, it is good to have, I suppose, you know, that, that support network and that sounding board where someone just gives it to you straight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the exact same. I need people to give it to me straight on things that I'm close to because like Courtney said it earlier, earlier in the, in the chat, like, when we're talking about the emotions of, of, of these, you know, these journeys, like rationality and common sense tend to go out the window. Yeah. Mm. Um, the next one? <laughs> trust the process and be comfortable with uncomfortable. <laughs> I, <laughs> some of the thing, when I first started, some of the things Matt asked me to do, I was just like, are you serious? Um, <laughs> like we have to post our workouts on our group page and, when he first asked me to do that, I was horrified. <laughs> I was like, can't I just send them to you? Um, but now I love it and I understand why we do that. Um, yeah, and I don't know how many times Matt's told me to just get uncomfortable comfortable with uncomfortable. But Yeah, um, I think that might be the, the, the phrase, the cliche I've said to you the most <laughs> since I've known you. Like of, of everything I've said, those are the most used words, but um, that's what you've been doing as well. Yeah, and it's and it does become your new normal, and you know you look forward to doing things that you never thought you'd do. But yeah, I um, yeah, I struggled with that in the beginning. Well, I still do. But well, you always will. I mean, no matter no matter how how much you move outside your comfort zone, the next step is beyond it even further. You know, so it's it's it'll it never gets easy. I think you just get better at dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, like being on the podcast. <laughs> 
like, like being like on the being podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, I've got one more, um, which we sort of okay. talked about before. Um, was to get rid of the scales. Don't use them. If yes. I was going on the scales, I would have given up because yep. I was a I was a terrible scales person. I would get on the scales every morning, every pretty much during my bathroom. So pretty much every time I went in the bathroom, I would stand on the scales. I would do it every night. Mm. And other times when I've tried to mm. lose weight, if I wasn't seeing any results on the scales, I would just go, oh, this isn't working and give up. So that has been yep. one of my biggest changes as far as perspective and all that goes is, um, yeah, get rid of the scales. How does it feel not being sort of chained to the scales? Oh, it's amazing. And I remember the first, because when I first started, I was like, right, I'm not going to step on the scales because I knew what it would do to my head. And then when I did step on them, and I don't even think I'd lost any weight. And it was amazing. I was a few months, oh, at least a month in. And I was like, you know what, that's okay. And now I still step on them every now and then. Um, just out of curiosity, just I don't, but it doesn't have any effect on me at all, and it just it feels well, amazing. Now it's more of a funny story because it's like you step on, it's like oh, I haven't lost much at all, but my photos look tremendously different. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I just ask a question? I know the answer, but this needs to be to be put out there into the big wide world. How many times have I asked you to weigh yourself so far? Never. Thanks. Never. And that won't and change. In fact, when I've, and when I've told you that I, and you've told me, who cares? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got no problem with you weighing yourself. Like I, I, I used to be, as a trainer, I used to be really staunch on clients not weighing themselves. Now I don't give a shit. If people want to do what they can, as long as I understand that I don't look into it at all. Yeah. And I've only ever really told you more as a, out of interest, you know, Guess what? I haven't actually lost any weight. Yep. Well, now it's. I mean, put it this way: the way the way that you're changing, uh, and the way it contradicts the scales. Like, I'm probably now more interested to know in the future um, what numbers are on the scales, just because, yeah. like, to me, it's 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 just funny because it's like yeah. these photos are so different, and these scales, the scales say failure, which is yep. you know, Courtney, Courtney, please you know back me up on this one. Like, while we always keep repeating ourselves ad nauseum. Like you can't just put your entire um, – you, you can't rely on measuring your progression by the number on the fucking scales because, in, especially in the case of Nikki, it lies. Absolutely. And I, and I don't think even some of these U-Butte scales they're bringing out these days that it's supposed to tell you your body fat percentage and all this sort of stuff, you know, they really can't be relied on either unless you're willing to take progression photos of yourself every day as well as weigh yourself, it's pointless. And even that is pointless, but that's the point because no one will want to do it. So they won't weigh themselves. But you just, you've got to be able to give yourself some time and then you've got to do photos. Like it's so essential to do photos. Well, as we say, the photos, the photos don't lie. And ultimately when you, like, tell me what you girls think. I've always believed for the longest time now that what we're unhappy with more than anything else is what we see in the mirror and how we feel within ourselves. And if you like what you see in the mirror and you have the confidence to, you know, wear whatever you want and you're comfortable within your own skin, you probably won't give a shit about how much you weigh. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yet I know, like I've known, and maybe you girls have too, I've known plenty of people that have lost weight and still don't like where they are. Yeah. I've been there. I did that. Oh, yeah. 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 I think I think it's that old, old thing as well, adage of like just because someone's skinny, they're supposed to be happy. Yeah. So... It doesn't, you know, it definitely doesn't necessarily mean being skinny or, or weighing less on the scales doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happy. Very well said. Uh, I reckon uh, I reckon we'll we'll call this one a show. Any any final comments from you ladies at all? No, I think well, I'm good. Nikki, it's your show. <laughs> I think I've said enough. I think I've said everything that there is to say for me. But, yeah, just I'm excited to <laughs> well, see where the Nikki, next six months, 12 months takes us. That, that, that makes the three of us. Um, I'll just... I'll just close up my comments to say, Nikki, like you've done fucking awesome uh, and we'll continue to do fucking awesome, technical term. Uh, keep keep, keep doing what you're doing. I will. Because if I don't, you'll kick me in the butt. So. Uh, and well, put this way, your kids will kick you in the yeah, butt. Yeah, well, that too, yeah. Yes. 
they are they're like three accountability buddies. Oh, absolutely. Well, well done. Well, uh, thank you very much, Nikki, for joining us. Being fantastic. No worries. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Awesome. Well done. And that is a wrap for this interview. Well done, Matt. Thank you. Well done, Courtney. Yes, thank you very much. And well done to the star of the show, Nikki. Yes, absolutely fantastic chat. Very just open and honest, which I love about Nikki. Yeah, Nikki Nikki shares the highs and the lows. Yeah. Uh, She's very much an active member of our Facebook community group, which Courtney and I would like to invite you to come over and join. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic group to be in, not only to follow Nikki's story, but to follow a lot of other people's stories and as they go along. And also talk to us. Talk to us. As we know, weight loss is a very slow, slow burn. It is, and it's even harder when you feel like you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. So we have a, a safe, non-judgmental, empowering group run by the boss, Courtney, and myself. And I think it's also even harder when you constantly feel like the only thing people people put out there is the good stuff. Oh, so yes. to be able to hear someone like Nikki, who is very truthful and honest, even in our Facebook community, with the highs and the lows. She owns her shit, as yeah. we like to say. And I think a lot of people in there do as well, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely do yourself a favour. Join the group. You can find the group, Matt. Okay, we'll have a link to the group over at theweightlosspodcast.com. Or if you go and like our Facebook page, The Weight Loss Podcast, there will be a link on the front page there that will take you into our group. Come and join us. Come and hang out. Come and get involved with people on the same path as yourself. So Courtney and I hope you got a lot out of this. Yes. And we hope you're getting a lot out of the season so far. Uh, Feel free to send us an email, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Give us your feedback, give us your thoughts, let us know what you're getting out of this so far and let us know what you would like to hear in the future. Courtney and I, we know what we're doing but we don't know everything and no. we we do rely on people like yourself and your feedback because it, it, it gives us direction as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we will see you, same place, next week for the next fantastic interview that we have coming up. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's the one. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 